from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's podcast, episode two eleven, to infinity, and that's it. Uh, I'm your host Ryan. <laughs> Such a letdown. <laughs> I am your host Ryan, and I'm Robert. And welcome back, everyone. And once again, we have uh, for a second episode, we have the wonderful Mr. Quinn Johnson joining us uh, for this one. Uh, welcome back again, Quinn. Uh, happy to have you on for another episode. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this episode is is really all about what you've been up to, uh, because I think listeners will be very interested to kind of learn the behind the scenes, really, when it comes to stuff. Uh, and the reason for the title of the episode is because you worked on, I mean, a lot of work on uh, Disney Infinity, the the game that was out there. Um, yeah. And and as a tie into the show, if people don't know. Uh, there was, you know, there was a whole Star Wars line that went with Disney Infinity. There was a Marvel line that went with Disney Infinity. And then obviously you have all the Disney characters and stuff like that as well. So, um, so I, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. I guess walk us through how you got involved with this project. Like, I guess maybe some of your background. How did you get in, into the business that you're in that then led to how you got into actually working on this, on this project? Yeah. Well, so, so, I mean, so, I, ever since as a kid, I knew I wanted to work in, you know, comics, video games, movies, all that stuff. So I was drawing all the time, coming up with stories all the time, making my own comic books. Um, I, you know, went to the Savannah College of Art and Design where, where I met Robert and we became really good friends and worked together on, on, uh, our, our comic book series, our comic book series, Elders of the Runestone. So, um, and then eventually I started working as a, as a, is a comic book writer. So I was writing scripts for, you know, my first big break was I wrote an issue of the Ninja Turtles comic book, which was a dream come true. Um, you know, worked on some other titles and, uh, yeah. So I was just kind of doing that stuff on the side here and there. Um, 
and then my brother Troy Johnson, who you know he was the our third co-host on the Dark on City podcast back when we were when we were doing that podcast. Um, he he graduated from the University of Utah in their game design program, mm-hmm. and uh, and he um, then got a job with so it was Avalanche Software. Uh, that was doing the Disney Infinity series and they were, you know, and then they were owned by, uh, Disney Interactive. So he had been there for about a year and, uh, and he said, Hey, you know, they've, they've got some openings here that I think you'd be really good at. And so, you know, I can put in a good word for you and, and introduce you to some people. But yeah, I think this might be a good opportunity. So, so long story short, that's how I ended up working, um, on Disney Infinity. So. So I was there for a couple of years. Um, so the, so, and it was kind of interesting. So, so Disney Infinity was a very, really, really cool game, really great series. And, uh, they were very unique because the, the game was basically, so there are three, there are three games in the series mm-hmm. and they were kind of mostly divided into two main sections. So the, the first section was called, they were called play sets. And that was like, the campaign mode, so to speak, where, you know, they, so they had like a Pirates of the Caribbean playset where it had, you know, it was totally all about pirates. You could only use pirates characters. Um, but it had its own self-contained story and objectives and gameplay and all that stuff. And so they had that with several, several different properties. Um, then the other whole half of what the game was, was called the toy box. And that was more like a, you know, free play sandbox type thing where you could basically use any character you wanted. Um, they had building tools so people at home could just take all these assets from every, you know, pretty much every Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars property you could think of by the time they got to the third game. Mm-hmm. And then they just, they could just use all these assets to build whatever the heck they could think of. You know, they could build just, just, you know, places to goof around. They could build, you know, there, there were cars and vehicles and weapons and enemies that you could pop in there. Um, one of the like, really interesting yeah. aspects of the toy box as well is how, like, the technology to link actions together. Yeah. Uh, so if you push this button, that would be like a, like a, a causality thing, you know, that would just yeah. allow the next step of the process to happen. Like, for example, Connor, my son, was really into the game and he's played it quite a bit. And, uh, so he would watch little YouTube videos that a lot of people on Quinn's team, like, I'm sure you'll go into this more in just a bit, but, Sure. That you would do videos of instructions, like you do this and you set up this module and it'll cause this action. And so he, Connor would set up these huge TIE fighter battle scenes. So it would be on this little playground, like just piece of gra- grass, like floating island. And then he would have his little uh, X-wing fighter sitting there with this little button you could push, right? This little module that you could interact with. And he had a, a path set up from the module to this huge Star Destroyer up in the sky. And if he pushed the button, then that Star Destroyer would start circling this floating island that Connor would have an X-Wing fighter on. And the, as the Star Destroyer is circling around, whenever Connor would push this button, it would release a batch of TIE fighters. Yeah. So they would, like, swarm, and then obviously they're going to come at you. And so he would just like pump that button, like bang, bang, bang. And then before he knew it, you'd have like 12, 16, 18. <laughs> you know, just like TIE fighters flying all over the place. And he'd get up there in his X-Wing and he would try and take out as many as he could before he was just like shot out of the air. Uh, and it was just like, I'm like, the fact that you could do that is right. brilliant. You know, it's just so fun. So 
like you just have the control to interact with and come up with anything you can come up with the idea for it. That was, I was, I'm amazed at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and just to let you know, uh, too, I have the game. I have played it. I got all the expansion things that they did. Um, and what attracted me initially was because I really liked the design of the, um, cartoony looking characters, especially being a Star Wars fan. I really liked the figures of the Star Wars characters. And I was like, so I get to take these characters that I like their design and how they look and I get to put them on this base and then I get to play as those characters in the game. And I was like, that's really cool. And I know there was games before it that did that. But to me, like to your point, Robert, this was like on a whole different level of doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, still one of my favorite, favorite games. I still play it often and love it. And, and you know, so much love, so much love and hard work and passion. And, you know, everything was put in, into every aspect of the game. And so, yeah. Yeah, so it's a game that I'm really proud to have worked on, and, and like I said, you know, it still holds up, and I still love playing it. So, um, so and then I think so you worked you when you first came on, uh, kind of tell us a little bit about your job, and then I know there were certain characters that you had a large part in developing, but like first when you first came on, I know you guys were kind of doing you you were actually in a lot of YouTube videos, and you were yeah. kind of the, the voiceover <laughs> for instruction type stuff. You did a lot of writing for the game too, didn't you? Yeah. So basically, so I was on a team called the, uh, we were basically, we were, we were the toy box team. So we, I was on a, so, so one of the things that, that they would do, um, so Disney had their official Disney Infinity YouTube channel and every week they had the, like a little show and they show, you know, Hey, this is the stuff that's coming and all that stuff. But a big, big part of the, the weekly YouTube episode was they had a contest. They said, okay, so the, you know, the, the, the theme for next week's contest is, you know, Star Wars. Let's just throw that out. Star Wars. And so people would, during the week, people just had the game at home, would use the toy box and all the tools and all the assets and all the, you know, all the user-friendly programming tools that were in there and basically try to come up with the coolest, deepest, most epic, you know, Star Wars game that they could come up with and then you get to share these online right you get to, whatever you build you can share online and people could download them um and then they'd pick you know they'd, they'd pick their top winners every week and feature them and say you know and then you people at home who are watching this video you can actually download this level and play it on your own and so so the so uh most of the guys on our little team were people who had actually just had the game who were fans and kept winning this contest every week because their levels were so good and so Disney finally reached out to him and said, Hey, how'd you like to, they like to do this for a full-time job? And, and, uh, so they brought in these guys as these master toy box builders. And then I got brought in as all those people that had not built any levels. <laughs> and, uh, but I got put on the team and mostly I got put on the team because of my, you know, my background in writing story. Right. And, uh, and so, but then as time went on and I actually, you know, I learned how to create some pretty, sophisticated levels you know and it was great being around these other guys that had been doing this so i really learned a lot from them and and so i started being so i so i basically was a you know building toy box levels with my team every week and we released them for download every week and then um you know and we then again we because we did this for our full-time job every day we really really explored what the toy box could do and and really just built these it was amazing that like what robert was saying the game allowed you to create like deep full i mean full-on 
complete video game adventures just using the tools that were there. And, and, uh, I mean, you could just make some incredible stuff. So, um, so we did that. And then we also, so then we, you know, so then I started writing episodes or, you know, sections of the episodes for the YouTube channel where we said, okay, so on this section, this is our little section of the episode where we'll, we'll walk you through how to use this tool, this tool, and this tool. And, and, uh, you know, so I tried to pack as many terrible jokes and puns in there. Like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but it was just really, really fun to just say, Hey, you know, all you at home, you can make some incredibly awesome stuff and we're going to kind of walk you through how to do it. And here's some ideas. And so, yeah, so that was really, really fun to be able to work on all that. And then, and then, uh, too, like what, what characters did you specifically have a hand in? Well, uh, so one of the things that was pretty cool. <laughs> One of the things that was pretty cool about working there is, I mean, it was very, very collaborative. Everybody was super cool. Um, everybody was like, oh, yeah, if you have an idea, we want to hear it, and we'll see if we can do it and if it makes sense. So, so like I said, my brother Troy um, worked there as well, and he's just amazing, super brilliant. Worked, He was like a producer, so he helped create a lot of the, you know, he, he helped actually come, come up with a bunch of the stuff that was in the toy box that made it way, way better. And so just by asking around, I said, Hey, you know, if you guys ever want any suggestions for fighting move sets for some of these new characters that you're working on, I'd love to work on that if, if you know, if there's some opportunity there. So, so Troy and I uh, actually got together and hammered out what all the, all the move sets were going to be for the two Tron characters for Sam Flynn and Cora. Um, and then, uh, and then for Vision, when we created the, the, the thing for vision, we came up with all the moves for what, what his moves were going to be. And so, yeah, so that was pretty cool that I got to, you know, we got to work together on some of these super cool characters that we really loved and, and just come up with their, what their moves would be. And then we, you know, and then we gave that to the animators and everybody who did the regulars and they took our ideas and basically made it look amazing. So did you, did you have like a favorite move that you were particularly proud of that you came up for a character or anything like that? Well, so there's, there was actually, it was pretty cool because, so they came out with, when, when Disney Infinity 2.0 came out, um, they had a Captain America figure, right? And then when 3.0 came out, they came out with a second Captain America figure that was more closely based on his movie version, basically, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so they, but they then gave him his own completely new move sets and, and he's one of my favorite characters to play in the game. And so, so I said, so they actually said, yeah, if you want to take a crack at it and come up with a full move set for him and, you know, we, we don't know how much we're going to use because we have another studio we're working with. It's probably actually going to take care of most of it. But, but if you want to come up with your version of stuff and then we'll see if you can use any of it, that's great. So I came up with all these moves for him, none of which they used, uh, except for his super move. Um, so, so then I said, you know, there's this one little clip in the first Avengers movie where, all the, you know, Avengers teaming up to fight off the Chitari in New York. And, uh, and there's this one quick scene where Iron Man aims his blaster mm. at Captain America's yeah. shield, basically oh, yeah. uses reflected and take out all these guys. So I kind of use that as a, the basic idea. And so the idea was that, uh, that Captain America, like, signals to a shield satellite up in space and it shoots down this huge, massive laser blast. And then he uses his shield to basically reflect it around everybody and take everybody out around him. And so that move actually did make it into the game. So, so that was cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess the, I mean, the, the other main thing that I did too on the team was I, when we're building all these levels was I 
came up with the story for a lot of the levels that we made, or I, you know, or I worked with the guys who were creating the story on their levels and I would just help them with stuff if they wanted me to help out. And so it was very collaborative and, and, uh, and then I just worked on various other story parts and gameplay ideas and stuff that kind of were sprinkled throughout the rest of the game. So it was just really, really cool. You know, it's pretty much like if you have a cool idea, we would love to hear it and let's, let's coral, you know, collaborate and stuff. So, so how many, how often did you have to pinch yourself to realize that you were working on a lot of these characters that you always <laughs> saw other people had worked on. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was just a blast. It was totally a dream job. And, and, uh, I mean, like I said, it was just so cool to work on all these super, super cool characters and work with these incredibly talented, passionate, creative people. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's like, I've always been a big Marvel fan. So that was really, really cool to work on that stuff. Um, but I was, but I had never been like a huge, huge Star Wars guy. Like I, you know, I grew up with Star Wars and I thought Star Wars was cool, but there, you know, there were people that were like way, way, way more into Star Wars than I was. Right. And so when we started working on the third game, which was very heavily, you know, there's a lot, a lot of Star Wars stuff in there. Right. Um, you know, because you're making levels and stuff based on these characters, I had, I actually went and did a lot of research and watched the movies again and all these other things. And I'm like, wow, this is like, this really, really is a very, very cool, deep, universe with super cool characters and yeah. so that's really so just working on the game was what really made me into a big star wars fan nice uh, so yeah it was just it was just so so cool and and then to be able to write you know come up with little storylines for for our levels for the toy box levels based on these characters was was a lot of fun so well i know when you uh just from some of the working situations i've been in where i've been able to work with other creative collaborative people um it <laughs> a lot of times when the job gets stressful, you have to come up with ways to de-stress like as a group. Yeah. So what, how, what was it like working like at the day to day type stuff? I knew we got into, uh, airsoft battles in <laughs> between ours, our working studio in North Carolina and this guy's coloring studio. His name is Chris Walker. He was a comic colorist and he had a studio down the hallway and we would, uh, like surprise attack each other in the middle of the day and like all work came to a halt, but it definitely helped us like, you know, be more creative and just fun. So what were some of the hijinks that kind of went on? Cause you can't have that creative of a work environment and not just have some and be all serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like loose cannons, you know, stuff's got to go down. Well, let me think. So I told, I told every terrible pun and joke that popped into my head, whether it was good or not. <laughs> Drove pretty much some people crazy and then some people thought it was funny. And so then other people started telling puns and, and so that was a really fun thing. Um, we also started sharing a bunch of Tim and Eric videos. Oh <laughs> gosh, those things. <laughs> so we, so that became like really hilarious, like all these inside jokes that we have. And, um, and we figured out which songs each of us hated the most and then like play them really loudly for each other. So actually that, the four non-blonde song that we were talking about last episode. <laughs> yeah. I cannot stand that song. And ah! so they played it like really loud over and over. And I was like, okay, okay. I had it coming, you know? And <laughs> so yeah, so just stuff like that. It was really fun. And, and, uh, well, we, yeah, we, we had a great time together. We had so much fun and just, just goofing around with each other and making each other laugh. So, so, and then, um, so Disney infinity kind of, you know, decided not to, continue the line like what kind of led up to that decision and was that a big surprise to you guys was did you guys have a heads up 
Well, and you know, some stuff I don't, I, I could probably talk about whatever at this point. I don't know, but, um, and, and, and there are people that know way more about what all the reasons than I do. My understanding, and this is all, you know, this is all public knowledge, but my understanding of kind of what some of the reasons were, were because we were still, because the, the toys for life genre is, is where, where there's like a toy that you set on a platform and then you can play that yeah. game. Yeah. You know, and there were, there were other, like, so like Skylanders was the first one that did that from what I understand. Uh-huh. And we were like, well, you know, we, we've got some great characters too, so maybe we can be part of that. And then a bunch of other people, you know, by the time Disney Infinity 3.0 came out, um, some other companies were like, well, yeah, we want to do that too. So like, yeah, like Nintendo had one, like a Nintendo had one. And so suddenly it was like, instead of there being two main players, it was like, now there's four or five main players and, and, uh, and it kind of was like, from what I, from what I understand and from what I've kind of read like that, it was like, some of it, they thought, uh, oh, it might, it might be toys to life fatigue for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing too is like, they made like, I guess they overestimated how many figures they were going to sell. Um, so cause the game and my understanding is we still, our game is still the best reviewed. Um, and the best selling out of all of our competitors. Um, but just because we weren't selling as many as we had projected because of all these factors, plus they had made a whole bunch of extra figures that they didn't sell as much as they were hoping. All these things kind of, there's just lots of different reasons, but it was still a big, sad disappointment when they decided to cancel it. Cause we, I mean, it was just a great game, just yeah. a really, really great game. And, and, uh, and so it was, yeah, it was a bummer. It was a bummer when they decided to make that decision. And, and they decided at that point, they're like, well, rather than us, um, taking the, the risk of, yeah, of fully funding and taking the risk of all, you know, this, this game, how about we will just go to a purely licensing model where other companies can just pay us to use our characters. And if, if they don't sell as well, well, that's, that's not our problem, you know? Right. And so, but, so on a business, Side, you're like, yeah, that, you know, that really makes a lot of sense and can't argue with that. But, but yeah, but it was still just really disappointing because it was such a great game, a huge fan base that were so passionate about the game. And, and we had a lot of great plans for stuff that was going to come eventually that, that never got to happen after that. So mm-hmm. yeah, so it was, you know, it was hard. And it that was, was going to be my, my question. And I don't know how much you're allowed to say or not allowed to say. Um, so feel free to answer or not answer. Um, yeah. what, what were the plans coming next? Like what ideas did you guys have, like where you were going to go next with things? Well, I mean, I, I think at this point I can talk about some of it just because so much of it has been leaked and revealed and everything for a couple of years now, <laughs> but there were several other figures that, that were going to be released. I mean, there was like Dr. Strange and Spider Gwen and, and, you know, some characters that were going to get released later. They had, uh, they were going to do a, you know, a playset based on the, the Rogue One okay. movie. Yeah. Uh, so just lots of stuff that we were like, man, we're like really excited. You know, and there was stuff that, that other teams were working on that I didn't see, you know, because that was, it was all kind of top secret at the time and everything. So there was just a lot of stuff coming down the pipes that we were really, really excited about. And then it was just kind of disappointing when they all just, you know, just kind of ended, you know? Yeah. So have you seen or heard about the, the figures they're creating that are articulate versions of the Disney Infinity sculpts? No. Oh, yeah. So just, just, so that's been just recently kind of announced and in production. Is there, they took the, 
I think it's somebody who licensed, like you said, like for anybody listening to the podcast that doesn't uh, understand how that works is that, you know, Disney owns all of these, the rights to these characters, right? Um, so anything Marvel related, Star Wars related or DC or Disney classics related. Um, so then a third party company will pay Disney, be like, we want to make a Marvel video game. And Disney's like, sure, pay us this upfront, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. upfront. And then you can make a, a, a game out of this property and we get a, a, a big percentage of those profits. So yeah, there's no risk there because even if it's a bad game, I mean, it might, the brand might take a hit, but these are all colossal enough brands that they'll survive any, right. anything a bad game does. But basically, it's a no-lose situation for Disney. They don't front the cost for production. They don't take the risk. You know, it's everybody else taking the risk. And they're a big enough company they can do that. So unfortunately, that meant that, you know, the company that Quinn was at and a number of other just amazing designers and developers, they just closed that studio. They're just like, they cut their losses. We're not going to develop anything else in-house. We're done. And then yeah. that entire company was laid off at that point. Yeah. Um, so, and then, um, as far as the, the licensing goes, so they have these 3D models that were made for the statue, you know, playable characters. Uh, so a company said, like, people love these just to put on their shelves or whatever, but they, they don't move. So, like, if you like the design of these and want to see them in, you know, in like an action figure form, like, so they paid uh, licensing rights to, to Disney to get access to those 3D models and all of the design, um, you know, physical, like 2D design stuff that went into the development for those figures or for those statues or whatever, the playable characters. And they're making a line. They're a little bit larger instead of them. Uh, how tall were the figures, Quinn, generally? Like right. three inches? Like two inches. Yeah. Yeah, two yeah, or three inches, yeah. Yeah, so they're doing them at like inches, a four to yeah. <laughs> four to five inch scale now. So it's about twice wow. the size. But like the arms move, every it's not crazy articulation, yeah. but it's basically uh you know more than five point. I think it's like a seven point articulation, which isn't bad for you know something that's fairly simple in design. Yeah. Wow. And, I, and I've got all the uh I have all of the Star Wars ones that were done for Disney Infinity. And I've got most of the Marvel ones, and then I've got a few of the Disney, the actual Disney ones uh, of characters that I really liked and everything. So yeah, that's cool. Well, so so let me ask you a question then. So what were some of your favorite um, characters to use in the game? Uh, I loved using Boba Fett. Um, yeah, it was way cool. Yeah, just absolutely awesome. Um, I had to use Yoda because he was my favorite character of all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did love using uh, Captain America. Uh, yeah, that's another favorite character of mine. I was just like, this is awesome to use Captain America on because the thing that was cool for me was taking those characters into areas that they would normally never be involved in whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like how often do you get Captain America running around, you know, in a in like a, a haunted area, you know, stuff like that, where it was just like, yeah. you know. So it, that was what was fun for me, and then I would I loved building my own house, like all the interior and stuff like that. And yeah. I could spend hours doing that. But as a kid, I loved Legos. At, well, as a kid, as a kid and an adult, I love Legos. <laughs> I was like, you still love Legos. <laughs> I do still love Legos. Um, I have a lot of Legos here. <laughs> I'm, I'm surrounded by. In fact, a foot away from me is a Death Lego Death Star. And two feet away from me is the Lego firehouse for Ghostbusters. So, <laughs> um, wow. yeah. So, 
Um, so I love building stuff. So that was really fun for me was to go into this house and like build, you know, how it was going to look inside and everything else. And I could just, I was able to spend just hours just doing that. Um, yeah. but yeah, like being able to build up Boba Fett's abilities, stuff like that. So you could reach like higher places and do other things. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I think like the, the third game is by far my favorite in the series. Cause it's, it was the most refined and, and, uh, and I think like it, it got so cool with the third one, especially because that's when they brought in the, the studio that worked on like Devil May Cry and and uh, I mean so these people that had done these really amazing like fighting type games and they implemented that their expertise to to the characters for 3.0. So now when you have these characters that are like using lightsabers and everything, yeah. You know, they incorporate like all these like pause combos and these all these different branches that you could branch out to and do these devastating, super cool looking fighting moves and you know, juggle a guy up in the air and then blast him down and I mean just so so it was just so much fun. Like just the combat system was so much fun and Well and it was addictive too because I would be on a level and I'd be like I wanted I wanted to solve everything on that level. So yeah. it was just and there are some things you, you had to come back to do. Uh, yeah, you needed a different type of character or something like that in order to accomplish it. But it was just it it was highly addictive, which is what you want for a video game. Like that replayability uh, was definitely there. So yeah, so much fun. And then you know, and then they just created besides just the the Star Wars stuff and all that. They eventually added like the the racing game, which was like its whole self contained game, which is so much fun with all these super cool tracks. And then yeah. they had like the Marvel fighting you know the the marvel fighting game and where you could go through a whole story mode where you're fighting all these other characters it was like a big smash brothers type you know party fighting game and so they just put so much into this game um so many different things you could do in the game and it just was just just awesome i mean just endless endless stuff you could do would you would you go so far as to say that there was a, a an infinite am- amount of options a plethora a plethora <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, I would. <laughs> nice. Um, was there anything that you worked on or, or wanted to work on that they were just, that was just like, no, we can't do that or no, we can't go in that direction or anything like that? Or was it pretty much, if you, <laughs> you could dream it, you could do it? Well, and Quinn was like, loin plus for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say that because, because we, so, so our fans at home who built stuff, could pretty much do whatever they wanted, right? And that's right. kind of what the game is all about, right? If you wanted to have Captain America in, you know, uh, let me think, like like Lilo and Stitch World, you know, you could totally do that, right? Uh, but because because we worked for the company, mm-hmm. we had many many more restrictions on what we could and could not do, and uh, you know, and mostly it was like we don't want something coming from Disney mixing up properties, you know? Yeah. So that was hard because that, because we were totally would love to do as much of that as we could, but, but we, you know, that's just, just kind of how it is. You follow their rules and you follow their guidelines and, but and you just, you still try to come up with something really cool. So, so yeah, so we definitely had lot of hoops that we had to jump through. And, but that being said, I mean, they still, we still were able to do a lot of really, really fun stuff and really, really cool stuff. And, and we're able to, you know, they, they, Pretty much like with the Star Wars characters, they were like, "Yeah, you know, we don't, we're not gonna shoot down 
anything you guys come up with. So we just came up with these really cool character adventures for Ray and for Kylo Ren and for, you know, and Yoda. And we just kind of came up with these really, really cool levels that were pretty much like, yes, it was stayed in their world and it stayed within their, you know, their kind of like, but, uh, but they were still really creative and really fun and really cool. And so, you know, it is what it is. And, and, uh, we still had a great time. Well, and they did, uh, I remember also they were starting to head down the path of like chase figures and stuff like that too. Cause I remember like you could only get the black suited Spider-Man if you got this particular pack and like that made me want to get that yeah. pack. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and like, one of the things they did too was they, they, you know, before 3.0 came out, right before 3.0 came out, uh, or maybe right after, I think it was right before it came out, they, uh, you know, they, they did a lot of promo stuff with it at the D23 show. Right. And, uh, so they had a great big huge panel where, you know, people could come and see a bunch of new stuff with the game and everything. And then, um, so for the people that were in that panel, they gave them, uh, a, a basically a costume change disc for Mickey where it would give him the King Mickey costume from Kingdom oh, Hearts. Yeah. And, man, people flipped out when they found it. <laughs> You could only ever get that costume disc if you were at that panel that day, and it wasn't one that was going to be generally available. So people just flipped out, and yeah. I mean, and uh, so you know, in one way, it's it's just cool that, that we had fans that were so excited about the game and so into it all and so serious about it. I mean, that was really cool that that that, that you know that we had worked on something that people were so passionate about. Yeah. So well, and yeah. The thing too, like I love the design of all the characters, and it, I remember when I first saw the stuff coming out, I was just like. I my first thought was that oh this is like a new cartoon that's coming out and I was like oh the animation looks really cool and then mm-hmm. saw it was a video game and I was and I thought that was I actually thought that was even cooler because I was like oh this is some cool designs for a character you can play as and now that it's all over I want to I want them to go back to doing maybe a cartoon with this this look to like the Star Wars yeah. characters or or the Marvel characters or something like that. So Yeah. That would be really cool. They actually did a this is when when three was about to come out, they did a, a special I guess the Black Panther comic book was starting over at number one. Yeah. And and so one of the variant covers was was our version of Black Panther, the, the Infinity version of Black Panther nice. like jumping at but I thought, oh man, that's pretty cool. That is cool. Very cool. Well, it definitely left a mark in the industry too. Like I've been hired uh, twice since Disney Infinity was done to do versions of another property. One of them was Jurassic, the Jurassic World. They're doing a toy line, and they're like, we want concepts, and they're like, basically just draw it like it was a, you know, the characters from Jurassic World if they were from Disney Infinity. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. And then so, like, just I had to kind of study those proportions and that kind of stuff and do a few mock-ups and that kind of thing. And then there was another property I can't talk about, but just that. It um, said almost word for word, same thing. Like, uh, you know, take these characters, do them like if they were Disney Infinity characters. So I've gotten that direction twice since, well, wow. you know, since so, Disney Infinity So the look down. and everything is given and is, has left its mark and its impression. Exactly, yeah. Like, people see that as it's still a very marketable, like, pleasing, like, aesthetic like that is, uh, you know, people dig, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, I also read that the, uh, when they, they, they I don't know if they did a relaunch or what it was for the Guardians of the Galaxy comic book series a couple oh, years yeah. ago. Yep. And they had, uh, and, and so Venom, who was still Flash Thompson at the time, I don't know yeah. what 
what's going on with that now, but, but they basically were giving him a, a redesign and, uh, the, the artist who redesigned him said, yeah, he's like, she's like, I was actually really inspired by the Disney infinity version of Venom. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He's like huge and bulky and yeah. just you, you know, ripped and just this massive hulking guy. And so we we're like, wow, that's, that's a pretty awesome compliment, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was definitely a character I needed to have. So, um, <laughs> I had, like, if it was Spider-Man related, I had it. If it was Avengers related, I pretty much had it. I had the whole Guardians of the Galaxy team. I still have all these figures. Um, but there for a while, I had them all sitting on a bookshelf. Uh, I eventually had to take them off because I needed them for, I needed that space for books. But, because <laughs> I just kept getting more books in. But, uh, but there's still figures I have and I, and they're figures I'm all, I can see myself always having because I just love the design. I love the, the concept and I, and there's, the cool thing with it is there's memories of playing the game. I still have the game. I just don't find myself having the time that I used to have to play video games. Right. But, right. but I still have the memories because of having those figures. So it was a really cool concept because you have, you always have nostalgia with, by still owning those, those figures of playing the game in the world that you were in and stuff like that. So it was really cool. Yeah. I think generally with most games, if you spend a lot of time with it, like, you just have the memories, and then that game yeah. is done. You don't pull it out. It's not even at this point like a cassette or a cartridge that's sitting on your shelf or whatever. Right. You just don't, you know, if, if you, unless you're actively going to play it, you don't think about it. You don't see it. But this, I absolutely love the collectability yeah. concept when it came. It's like that is tapping to a whole another market as soon yeah. as you need to have all of them and they can sit on your shelf. Yep. Because as much as I liked, like I liked Skylanders, I thought it was kind of it was a cool concept, and I liked. I thought some of the figures looked cool and everything else. None of the figures meant anything to me. Yeah. You know, mm. I was like, oh, that's a cool fish guy with a trident. Like, that's cool. But I never wanted to buy one because even though it looked cool, I'm like, what shit means nothing to me. But when mm-hmm. Disney Infinity right. came out, it was like, okay, I like, I love Disney. And so here's characters from Disney that I like that I can have the figures. Even if I do, and my mind was like, even if I do nothing with the game, even if I never play the yeah. game. I still have the figure. Um, and then, and then the Marvel ones came out and I was like, Oh my God, I got to get these. And then the star Wars ones, that was a no, that was a no brainer. whatsoever. <laughs> it was just like a crescendo for Ryan. Right. Every launch was like even better. Right. So, I mean, if you guys came out with like Indiana Jones or something like that, I would have lost my mind there too. But, <laughs> uh, but it was just, yeah, I just kept getting stuff. And then because I had them all, then it was like, well, I have all these. I might as well try playing the game and see what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then I plop, popped it in. Next thing I know, I was like playing for hours, and it would be like twelve thirty in the morning, and I'm like still playing. I'm like, I got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Do you? <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh yeah, I went back to my old days where it's like I could pull all nighter as long as I was still just playing video games all night. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes me feel good because, like I said, it was a game that was that's still very dear to me and. And, uh, and I, like I said, I still love playing it. It's still one of my favorite games. And so it makes me happy that, that you had that experience as well. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I do have, uh, if the, if you don't have anything else, I mean, feel free to share anything else from your experience with that. But, uh, I do have a, uh, rapid fire, uh, 10 questions to ask you <laughs> as we often do for our, for people that we're interviewing. And it's been a while since we've had you on. So I thought we would do another rapid fire series of questions here for you yeah cool let's do it that sounds cool all right the firing range 
Since you did work on uh, Disney Infinity, uh, Mickey or Donald? Donald. Okay. <laughs> I was like, do you like a character with no pants or no shirt? Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's like, no pants. <laughs> uh, video game property, uh, Legend of Zelda or Castlevania? Oh, Castlevania. Okay. I figured that was going to be <laughs> there. The there are a few things Quinn loves more in life than Castlevania. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Turtles might be, uh, you know, might edge it out. I don't know. Right. Ooh, yeah, that's a tough one. The only reason I put Legend of Zelda is because that's my favorite. So I just like, I, I had a feeling you were going to pick Castlevania, but I was like, I had to put something that I thought could at least contend with it possibly. Well, I love, <laughs> and I do love Legend of Zelda as well. So yeah. Uh, your favorite Disney Infinity character to play as, you may have already revealed this but i just figure i'd ask yeah there's you know there's a bunch but i if i have to just pick one just right off the top of my head i'd say the the new captain america okay yeah uh when it comes to the competitors of disney infinity uh skylander or lego dimensions you know i i never played either one um i would that's a tough one that's, that's a tough one maybe if i had to pick one maybe i'd pick lego dimensions just because it did have a lot of like characters that like Doctor Who and Ghostbusters and stuff. Yeah. So, And that's uh, that was another one that I got the figures for, but I will say with that one, I never have been tempted to play the game. <laughs> I, I only got it because I was like, ooh, there's a minifigure of Gizmo. I'll never get a Lego set of, of Gremlins, so let me go ahead and get Gizmo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just recently, Chuck and I did an episode, and uh, this was a question that he asked me, and it was very tough for me. Uh, Aerosmith or Guns N' Roses? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> can I say neither? <laughs> you, you can pick and you can answer these questions. That's crazy, yeah. crazy. You can that, you answer know, these questions any way you like. That's the rules. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're both, they're both, they've both got songs that I like, but I've never really huge into either one of them. So. Okay. Sorry. No, that's fine. That's like I said, there is no wrong answer when it comes to the rapid fire questions okay all right good, Quinn, good. Quinn's totally lying I heard I heard him singing dude look like a lady in the shower today <laughs> I was like what the, that's a weird thing Robert, shut up. it wasn't <laughs> but it wasn't because he liked Aerosmith no <laughs> right, right. which makes it a little bit more awkward yes um, <laughs> um hot dog or hamburger uh, uh hot dog okay uh, since the last episode we had you on was about Masters of the Universe, He-Man or Skeletor? You have to say Skeletor. Okay. Uh, since we were talking about the toy box for Disney Infinity, what did your toy box look like as a kid? What did my toy box look like as a kid? Could you expound upon that? Uh, like, I don't know, I had a few different toy boxes as a kid, like my, I had one of those big plastic, uh, football oh. ones, and, you know. You mean, like, literal toy boxes? Literal box. toy like boxes, yes, yeah. like, okay, what, okay. Did, like what did you put your toys into? Yeah. We had this super cool window seat that you would open up, and that's where all my bajillions of He-Man toys would go. Nice. Um, and then we also would occasionally lock each other in there, but not for long, <laughs> because then you would suffocate and die. <laughs> Nice. But at least you had stuff to play with on your way out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's, he's gasping his last breath and going, I really like Skeletor. He's like, I really wish I would have put Stinkor outside. <laughs> he's trying to prop Snout Spout out the just the lip of it so you get some air through him. <laughs> uh, peanut butter or jelly? Peanut butter. Okay. 
And then last but not least, we asked this in our, uh, we were talking about this in our movies of 1988. Uh, is Die, oh. is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It takes place during Christmas, so yeah. Okay. We were all in agreement that it was, so. <laughs> but, but there's right. a, there's a contingency of people out there that fight against that, so. Yeah. Well, the first Lethal Weapon was technically a Christmas movie too, right? That's right. As is Gremlins, as I had mentioned earlier. Gremlins is a Christmas. Yeah. Gis- oh yeah. Gizmo was a Christmas present, so. That's right. That's I had right. I had someone argue with me about Gremlins one time. I was like, "Are you kidding me? The whole town was decorating Christmas, and Gizmo was a Christmas present. How is Gremlins not a Christmas movie?" <laughs> Brian yeah. is like, "I will fight you right here." <laughs> <laughs> The Jesus. I'll punch you in the throat. And by the way, if you pick any, <laughs> if you pick any other movie except for Die Hard as the best movie from 1988, you're, we determine that you're wrong. So. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I got. I got to look back at that list. I wasn't able to make that episode, but I think. Yeah. Like, uh... There is some really good movies that came out in '88. By the way, Robert, uh, I dare you to narrow down to five movies for 1989. Because mm. it 1989 is a very very tough year. <laughs> yeah, that's Batman and Ghostbusters 2 and Indiana Jones, Last Crusade and, and Last Crusade. Uh, Dead Poets Society and Oh uh, yeah, uh, Major League came out that year and uh, <laughs> um, a guy from Cleveland's got to love Major League. So feel <laughs> <laughs> biased, but right, right. We'll give it to you. a little bit biased. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough, 1989 is going to be a tough year to close out everything. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. all the rapid fire questions. So you survived. So, Ooh. okay. <laughs> so, uh, so any, any last things you wanted to, to mention Quinn when it came to the game or like what you're doing now or anything like that? Um, I'll just say what I'm up to now. I'm actually, I just started working. Well, actually start, I just started as in January. Um, I'm working for a company called Deep Root Pinball. So we actually are creating all new pinball games. And so I'm doing story and gameplay design on that. That's awesome. So, and we are, so, and that's, that's, most of that is under wraps right now because, uh, because we're still working on everything now, but, uh, we got some amazing, amazing stuff coming out. And so I'm cool. super, super excited about it. Cool. Well, we may have to have you back on to talk about that once you can kind of talk more about it. So that'd be awesome. Cool. Yeah. I think as soon as you can kind of reveal some of the stuff you're working on, I think it's, um, I mean, everybody has this image in your mind when you think pinball machine. Yeah. Uh huh. And, and cause it hasn't changed. Yeah. It hasn't right. changed in 30 years. And I'm so excited to kind of see, uh, you know, if you think about advances we've had in technology in the last 30 years, right? Right. And so if you think of approach to pinball in a way that isn't, you know, what you're, what you're kind of thinking, you know, and with like all the, all the options that are available to us now technology wise, like right. it's, I think, uh, it's, I'm excited to see all the potential that comes from this. It's, yeah. it's a pretty neat idea. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We're doing some really, really cool stuff. So very cool. Uh, well, and, uh, just like last episode, uh, where can people find, find your work and stuff you've done, Quinn? Yes. So if they go to mrwonderfulproductions.com, um, that's my website with all my, you know, you can check out all the comics I've worked on, video games I've worked on and, and, uh, a bunch of cool stuff. And then there's the, the website that Robert and I both have, which is runestonecomic.com. And that's the website for our elders of the runestone comic books. So. And the Mr. Wonderful is very humble, uh, modest name for a <laughs> yeah. website. Well, so I have 
have a quick about that. So yeah. when I was going to SCAD with Rob, I had a t-shirt that I found that was part of a Valentine's Day sale at like Fred Meyer or like, like a Target, I think it was. And it was a shirt that said Mr. Wonderful on it. So I was like, sure. So I just bought it. And, uh, and then just wearing it around at school, everybody called me Mr. Wonderful. And I kind of became <laughs> this funny joke. And so my, and then one of my professors was like, Hey, you know, you should really maybe keep on, you know, hold on to that for, for professional purposes. Sure. Cause it's really fun. So I was like, okay. So that's kind of where that all started. Very cool. That's cool. I like that. Uh, Robert, where can they find you at? Uh, usually just search Robert Atkins art across uh, Google or different social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook posting every day. Uh, uh, but also like, as Quinn said, like can't hype up, uh, Elders of the Runestone enough. It, it was a, a project that we were able to successfully kickstart and fund years ago. Um, it's always been our mind to finish it as best as we can. And so we are, uh, in the middle of wrapping up issue four of a four issue arc. And as soon as that's done, uh, it'll be available uh, definitely through kind of digital means if you're following us through runestone.com. But uh, we also have uh, it in the works to get the first trade printed. And uh, as soon as that's out, you'll definitely hear more from us about it. But you can kind of follow. Uh, Quinn does a great job. We have a Facebook page and that is getting updated as art gets done. And you can check it out there. Nice. Well, you can find us at starjoes.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. There's a group page and a fan page. If you request to join the group page, I will approve it the second I see it. Uh, we have a great community where people are posting stuff all the time, uh, Star Joes related or geek related, and we just have a really great time having talks and nostalgia, rem- you know, remembering figures we grew up with and things that we saw and, and just funny memes and whatnot. Um, and people are usually posting news type things with all the 80s properties are getting updated with various comics and all that type of stuff. Um, I never thought in my wildest dreams we'd see like a, a rainbow bright comic, like making it a recent. Yeah, as a comic, seriously. Like, blows my mind. Uh, I think I mentioned like in one of the episodes, like real briefly, like when, when Chuck and I started this, there was, as far as comics go, there were, um, Star Wars comics. G.I. Joe comics and Transformers comics. And that was it. Like there was those three properties. Uh, yeah. I think at the time there was like not even turtles comics no, were coming out. Not yet. Oh. Um, so, and now it's like, I, if we were still following the same format we did back then, like the show where we covered every comic that was coming out, like it would, yeah, we just couldn't do it. So, <laughs> um, so it's an awesome thing to see. Um, so, yeah, uh, and I like to think we have a little bit of part in that happening. So, very little part, like, <laughs> minuscule. <laughs> <laughs> but a part nonetheless. But a part nonetheless. <laughs> um, but, no, you can also call and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. Uh, you can send us an email at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at starjoespodcast. You can go to uh, find us on Instagram. That's where you can see comics that I'm currently reading uh, and what I think of them. Uh, and please join in the discussion when it comes to those. That's the big thing I want to mention, too, is those posts on Instagram, you can either comment under those or that automatically goes to the Facebook fan page that you can like. And it also automatically goes to Twitter. If you have read any of those comics or just want to talk about them, Please do so because I love, as much as I love to give my thoughts on the comic, I love even more hearing other people's thoughts on them and having a discussion with them. So, uh, it's a, a lot of fun, um, to do that. Um, and, 
we have Star Joe's merchandise. If you go to StarJoe's.com, there's the Patreon page. Uh, again, want to give a shout out to our patrons uh, who are at the sponsorship level. Jonathan Morgantini, who has the Just Roll With It Dungeons and Dragons uh, podcast that takes place in Middle Earth. Uh, ben Penserga, who has Movies in a Meal. And then we have uh, Will Bell, who has Dudes at Toyland, which is a toy collecting and customizing podcast. Um, and uh, I believe that is everything. But as John has said many times, if I forgot it this time, we'll hit it up next time. Uh, I will be mm-hmm. at uh, Baltimore Comic Con uh, September 28th, that or the last weekend in September, basically. Um, I'll be out Oh, yeah, there. I shouldn't... Uh, I should mention too. So I'm doing a convention in Cartersville, Georgia, uh, September 15th. And then, um, uh, let's see, I'll be in San Antonio at Alamo city comic con uh, the last weekend in October. Mm-hmm. And, and then at the uh, retro toy con, which is in Greenville, South Carolina, which I'm super pumped at because Alan Oppenheimer is going to be there. The voice of Skeletor. Nice. And I'm going to, uh, Good chance to meet that dude, so I'm way excited about that. That is awesome. Cool. I'm very jealous. See if you can get him to call you a muscle-bound moron. <laughs> oh, that's probably... Well, yeah. <laughs> the muscle-bound part, he might not be willing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I likely will not be a, be attending the GEM convention, just to let you guys know. Uh, uh, yeah. It, 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 it is pricey, and uh, the amount of time that I'll be able, I would be able to spend there is going to be worth the price. <laughs> uh, I, it's a, I'm amazed that they have it and yeah, that it's so well attended. It's such a thing. If I do get the opportunity, I'm going to go, but I just don't know if I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to have the opportunity to go. So yeah, um, I did try getting uh, reaching out to Samantha Newark, but right now she's not doing any podcasts at the particular time. Uh, they did tell me to reach out again a little bit later. They said she does love doing podcasts and talking about Gem. Uh, so I'm not giving up on having her on the show. It's just right now is not a good time for her because she is. Yeah, it's just a matter of scheduling. I, I met her at the show here in Savannah, Georgia, and she is incredibly yeah. amenable to doing podcasts. She's very sweet to talk to. She's a very nice lady. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get her on eventually. And also kind of as uh, I haven't even told Ryan this, but I've been in talks with Larry Kenny, the voice oh, of yeah. Lionel. Yes. Lionel from Thundercats. And we're going to try and get him on the podcast that as well. That would be fantastic. Cool. Uh, and as you heard from, uh, from Robert in his, in his, uh, convention lineup, he will not be at Baltimore Con. Uh, uh no. <laughs> but this is becoming more of a tradition than me being at. Baltimore. I know. It's, it's a sad tradition though, Robert. It's I, very I sad. feel like, uh, if I came, tradition. I'd be uh, disappointing the fans. No, you would point. not be. <laughs> no, you disappoint them every year like by Robert's not being here. There. This doesn't feel like a regular Baltimore anymore. <laughs> yeah. It would feel like an extra special Baltimore, Robert. <laughs> um, well, we can always shoot for next year. Right. <laughs> we'll see. Don't, don't lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will be there. John will be there. Um, uh, Travis will be there. Uncle T-Bag. And, uh, nice. Uh, our buddy Sam is going to be there. Uh, Eric Grubb, who's been on the show, will be there. Um, Shannon and Brian Shearer will both be there. So a lot of people that you guys know from the show will be at Baltimore Con, just not Robert. And Chuck very likely will not be there as much as he really wants to be there. He right. he was really trying to make it work. Uh, he said there's still he's still holding on to hope that there could be, but he's really trying to save up for his wedding that is coming up next year. So Oh. Yeah. So. So I totally, cool. I totally understand that. Um, 
with Robert, there's no excuse, but with Chuck. No, there is actually not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, so please, if you see me, I will have a Star Joe shirt on. Other people will have Star Joe shirts on, but they're all imposters. Uh, just ask mm-hmm. them, just ask them where Ryan is and they'll be able to track me down. Um, yeah. But I, cause I would love to meet you if you're at Baltimore. Uh, I really would. It's, even if you've never interacted with us at any other time. If you listen to the show and you see the Star Joe shirt, please come up to the person and introduce yourself. Like I said, I love nothing better than meeting people I've never had the chance to meet with before that have listened to the show and, and enjoy it. So, or if you listen to the show and hate it, come and tell me that too. And <laughs> oh, which I don't know if you've had a chance. I know we did talk about uh, Joe Con, but I got to say there was, um, I mean, well over a dozen people. And I should have kept count or gotten names and that kind of stuff, but we had. I had so many people come up and just tell, say how much they love the show and That's just awesome. that they listened and um, they're just from the Joe community. So I do know that. Uh, and so shout out to all those guys that, that I met at Joe Con. Yeah, that is awesome because that it's pretty great. That like it's weird, and I've mentioned this many times on the show, but it's just weird to think that um, number one that I've been doing this this long, but it's very weird that we talk we record it and other people actually want to listen to that. <laughs> it's, it's very cool. It's also very humbling. Uh, cause yeah. it's just that people, you know, people do come up and they'll be like, Oh my God, I love listening to the show. And like, that means more to me than anything. Just that someone says they enjoy it. Um, yeah. Kind of makes it feel like it's worth it, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's just me. I'm just a regular guy that sits in his guest room by himself talking to people that I hope <laughs> exist and not just voices in my head. So, uh, but, uh, and like I mentioned earlier, like talking to myself when I do the solo episodes, like that's even weirder because I'm literally sitting in a room talking to myself. <laughs> but, but I know, but because of people coming up and people interacting, I no longer feel like I am talking to myself anymore. I do feel like I'm talking to friends, just friends right. that will hear me later. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I appreciate everything. I, I really, uh, Quinn, I, uh, really appreciate you coming back on the show and, and talking Master Universe with us before and talking about Disney Infinity with us now. And, uh, yeah. you know, we will, we will try to make sure it's not as long before we have you on again. Uh, I definitely okay. want to hear about the pinball stuff once you're able to kind of talk more about that. Uh, that sounds cool. really awesome. Yeah. And I think if you wanted to do an extended, uh, Ninja Turtles, like IDW run, oh, it'd yeah. be perfect to have on because Absolutely. he has like dived into that series. And he really knows it back and front. So absolutely. That'd be good. No, absolutely. good reason to have we, can, on. we can definitely do that. So, uh, cause that's another property we haven't really talked about in a while. So. Yeah, uh, it's always oh. good to revisit uh, these properties. So, uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>